But um, a, a great quote. This is just like, I didn't realize like courtrooms are so funny, right? This is the, the copper lawyers. Um, and up until now, Craig keeps producing evidence right in the 11th hour. And up until now, they've been calling it, he keeps pulling rabbits from hats to mm-hmm. like, to be like, gazump them. And, he's, and they just went, he's not pulling rabbits from hats anymore. He's pulling garbage out of a bin. <laughs> you know, Satoshi's wallets are largely known. So yeah. move just a couple of sats from one of those wallets. And it doesn't necessarily prove that you are Satoshi. It proves you have access to one of Satoshi's wallets. But that goes a hell of a long way to proving that if you're not Satoshi, you are freaking close to him if you have access to one of his wallets. So just move some sats. He refuses to do it. His lawyers are pressured him. And when he when he got pressured enough, he, he freaking pretended to commit suicide. And that's what I think he did. He pretended to commit suicide. It was too much stress. How day <laughs> it like, makes me think about child like the same child who keeps on lying and they're telling all their mates they can use, I don't know, like the force or something like that. And when they um, get called out in class to use the force, they faint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, we are back. This is now pod 130 of the world's most bullish podcast, Bullish Bitcoin Banter and Bullshit, brought to you by Mr. Orlin, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, aka the Excellence of Execution. And yes, she's not here, Mrs. No Show, aka No Show. What's going on? It's been a bit of a quiet week this week, I think, Bitcoin-related. Well, there's, there's good stuff coming up, isn't there? There seems to be a little bit of a surge on the price, which is obviously promising. So, we, you know, maybe we'll start to see that tail coming into the halving. And then the other one is a story which we're going to cover halfway through this, which is an interesting development, but obviously it's only the start of that one. So I think we'll be talking about it more in detail next week or possibly the week after. But also... Here's something which I was just thinking when you said pod 130. What number did you reckon we'd get to? In you. In you. I was wondering uh, whether we'd get past like four or ten. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think we'd get to ten, which is yeah. why I said I, I wasn't going to put any live uh, until we did ten. Because I'm not going to... I did edit them, didn't I? I edited them, published them, and like showed you them, but I didn't show anyone else. It was like... These stay under wraps unless we're actually going to commit to it. Oh, yeah. 130, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. It's pretty much, I mean, it's coming up to three years, really, isn't it? Because, yeah, like we haven't done one completely every week. We have missed the odd week here and there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty, we're pretty consistent. Every yeah, week. absolutely. Three years, that's smashed my expectations on that one. Which is like sometimes that's good, isn't it? Like we didn't start out with a massive plan. It was like let's just see how it goes, and it's gone alright, and it was still here. Best way, yeah, still, you know, still enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. It's my favourite part of the week. Sit down, mm-hmm. spill the tea. What's going on in the world of Bitcoin, macroeconomics, and uh, and life? Yeah, especially especially in the last two years, my life has changed a huge amount. So I actively sometimes like I don't keep up with Bitcoin that much. But because I know this agenda's coming up every week, 
it almost forces me back into the streets of Bitcoin Twitter if I haven't been in that week much. <laughs> and I'll find it out and, and I'll learn loads, find out what's going on, shove it on the agenda, chat it through with you guys. So it almost like, it, it works as a good like you know sense check just yeah. to go. Keeps us up to date and talking about things for backgrounds. This has arrived. I've got my white paper. The white paper white. in black. Yeah, with orange writing. Bitcoin nice. orange. Need to find a place where to put it. Do I put it over there or do I put it in front of me? It looks like it would balance that side out quite nicely. Without a window yeah. there to the left. No, that's um that's a Liverpool poster. It's oh, um Gerard and Carragher holding the Champions League. Okay, can't quite see it. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. When did it arrive? Um, a few days ago. I just haven't got around to actually putting it up yet. Yeah, I like the fact um, that. Yeah, classic black and orange. Good choice. Yeah, I was tempted with the white purely because it's a white paper. I thought it looks much better on black, doesn't it? And then yeah, a bit of orange writing, a bit of something different. Yeah. Uh, it's actually probably quicker then I thought you'd actually make that decision. I mean, you've been thinking about it for the last year. <laughs> and then I showed it to you maybe two months ago. And now you've made... You, yeah, you're getting quicker on your decisions. Yeah, getting quicker. I don't think there's another one which I want at the moment. <laughs> I mean, like, there's things like... I, I always like that... Um, what is it? The um, chance that... No, banks on the brink of, of another bailout. That's yeah. one which I quite like, but I'm like, um, don't want to wait for the next event so I can get that 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 to be on my poster instead. I had you down to at least to not get that until another halving, not this one. <laughs> 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 another, another four and a half years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, minimum, minimum. Like oh. I'm in an Arian, what size, what, what font colour? Like, <laughs> should I get a border? No. <laughs> I was holding off. I mean, admittedly, I was. Here we go. Here we go. Quite, I yeah. was holding off on it because it was only in white for ages, wasn't it? Yeah. I was looking, going. I really want that, but it's in white. I want it in black, like uh, Mister Orleans. And then it just didn't emerge. And then eventually, yeah, you you sent the link. I thought, oh, I think I have to get this. The wife's like, "What have you ordered? Nothing." Mm. She doesn't ask where it's going, so I think it's just going to appear on the wall one day. Yeah. Well, again, this is just uh, probably an early warning signal to anybody that's listening that is still on zero, that if Dr. Evil 10% is making these moves in the world of Bitcoin, you are lagging and you should be adopting Bitcoin ASAP. And also, Dr. Evil seemed very rich if he's, if he's um, lashing out all that money on displays. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. So do we want to move on to the story? So the first it's, one, which I think has really confused me, but Elon confiscated the, um, I say X, I hate saying X, the Twitter, the tweet. So make a lot of sense. But I think I've heard a story on the radio or something else about this. So it's Elon has 55 billion confiscated. And it's trying to, what was this for? Okay, well, I, I I thought the story was massive, but so yeah, this is just a tweet commenting on it. So basically, what's happened um, this week is that Elon agreed a compensation package 
back in, I think it was 2018, when if he could um, add 50 billion worth of value to Tesla in the next five years, then he would get given like something like 9% of the company, seven, eight or 9% in shares. And that would be via money by inf inflating the shares, right? Uh, they, they, they'll essentially print 9% more shares and just give them to Elon. And he put that to the board. And that was a decision that they they just agreed with. 80% of the shareholders went, absolutely. If you can add 50 billion worth of value to this company, that essentially is 10xing the business. Mm. Yeah, you can have another 9% as a shares reward. Elon smashed that. Absolutely smashed that. Everyone said at the time in 2018, that is ridiculous. Because Elon even said it as well, by the way, talk about being all in. He went, my salary will be zero. I accept zero. Oh. I don't want any compensation. If I don't hit this, I get nothing. I've been CEO five years for nothing. Right. So, admittedly, he's already got lots of shares in the business anyway. So, but... For actual, and also, he probably has other businesses and other streams of income, doesn't he? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like this is just Tesla. He's got SpaceX. He's got you know, and obviously he's a rich guy anyway. But he could have demanded this deal. Plus, I want to get paid two hundred million a year. He said no, because that's what the the CEO of Ford gets paid two hundred million a year. He could have said that. He said no. I don't. I, I'm betting big. So. I'll I'll take nine percent of the company if I hit this milestone, this growth of the business, and if I don't, I get zero. So essentially, it happened, and in twenty twenty two, he got paid out fifty five billion worth of shares in Tesla. So we're a couple of years on now from that, and obviously, he used a lot of that money to buy Twitter. And obviously, we know that Elon did the Twitter files. You know, he's he's been talking out a lot about you know talking out about immigration, Biden, all that stuff. So we know he's in the crosshairs. And a judge that seems to have a very dodgy background essentially had ruled that this amount of compensation, a fifty-five billion share allocation to a single person, is far too much, and is robbing um, the existing shareholders of value, and has basically made it illegal. And um, has undone it. So now Elon has to go through an appeals process to go, well, no, like these shareholders did sign off on it. Yes, it's a huge amount of money, but I created a huge amount of value in a business and it was a gamble. Uh, if I didn't hit that, I got zero. I mean, part of the problem like with America, like you talked about being the crosshairs, but say it's not that and it's basically just a judge saying that's unfair. Yeah. It's like, it's like their religion is politics almost. And it's like they decided it's not fair. And it's like, but we're meant to be in capitalism. So capitalism, you can't do things like that. Property is, you know, the individual's right. You know, that kind of like sovereign, that sovereign right. Whereas this is basically, oh yeah, the state says it's unfair. So we're undoing it. So it's, it's all kinds of bad, you know, and like you said, he has raised the value by X amount, which is pre-agreed. He hasn't somehow roped it in it was agreed with the board and with the company everyone was happy for it to happen if he hit these obscene numbers so it's a bit you know why would the judge get involved um but i think you know what what the actual um poster said it kind of leads on 
quite yeah. a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 the fact that right. he wasn't taking a salary in between shows mm. that he was upholding his part yeah. of the bargain. Yeah. And uh, and you know it's not just a a flippant throwaway comment of yeah I think I can do this or I'll try and do it. It's like well no I'm I'm doing it and lo and behold five years later I've done it. Yeah. Well, I, I, like, I, imagine think... if he that like, five years happened and he hadn't hit it. And Elon goes to court demanding to be paid for that work. That's yeah. how ridiculous it is. He's like, no, no, yeah. no, right? Elon, we agree you should have been paid 200 million a year to do that. You're one of the best CEOs ever, right? So absolutely, you would you deserve 200 million a year for that five years. So you should get paid 500 million. But you agreed this deal. You signed a deal that said you get paid zero unless you hit this much extra value in the business, and then you get paid. Nine percent. You didn't hit that metric. Stop crying. I right? went away, and I can no judge would be coming out going, "This is unfair to Elon. He shouldn't get paid zero for this." Yeah, you've got like the comparisons. I know it's not as much money, but in films where um, I think it was Alec Guinness and Star Wars, he thought it might be big, so he wanted a stake rather than much of a salary. Mark Hamill did it in the sequel, so the second and third films he had exactly the same clause, and then. Tom Cruise has done it on numerous different films where they've take, they've gone, okay, I don't want much money up front, but I want 5% or something like that. And they get much higher pay. Like I think, was it Tom Cruise got paid like 100 million because he went for the percentage of one film? Yeah. So it works out better. And it's the same kind of thing. You've never heard a judge trying to step in. I think this is, you know, it's one of the many things where you kind of go, the US is Rome, isn't it? It really is on fire. People are getting involved in all yeah. kinds of things which they shouldn't be. Yeah, and the yeah, and pinning it back to Bitcoin is like why why does this make a difference? Uh, with Stony Bitson here, he's a a good old Bitcoin Twitter guy. Is that they can confiscate your ETF in the same way? You know, you think you're buying Bitcoin in ETF, mm. they will take your money for the greater good. Right? They will always be saying they're doing this for the people. <laughs> It's what they're saying about Elon right now. And people know that if this was Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, one of Joe Biden's mates, this would just be swept under the rug. And it's capitalism, right? We live in capitalist society. It is what it is. Well, but because it's Elon. Elon's been giving them the middle finger for quite a while now. So they're, they're going after him. And they're going after him like this is... But it's also they're trying it to ruin into... him, right? They're trying to ruin the richest guy on the planet, like taking fifty-five billion off him, especially when he's but... already spent from like forty-four billion of that on Twitter. Yeah, it... but they're all. But they're also, you know, it goes down to not just him. You kind of go, "Where's the cutoff if they start doing things like this?" They go, "Oh, you've had a great year in sales. You earned an extra, no, three hundred k. You've really topped up your salary. You, you know, you got a decent amount. That's too much." You should only be earning 150k. We're going to take 50% off you on top of the tax which you are um, paying anyway. Mm. So you're not going to earn as much. But this is what I agreed as part of my contract. You know, this is if I made X amount of sales, I get this amount cut, and I built up that much through bit having a good year. Mm. It's just it's obscene, isn't it? And it kind of you know when you go, oh, what about lower? And it goes if you do this amount of work, you get paid bonus based on the amount of work you do. Oh no, you've done too much work this year. We're going to skim off 20%, 30% off you as well as all your tax. It's like, where does it stop? Oh, that reminds me, actually. I saw um, a little interview of Martin Lewis with, I'm not even sure who his name is, 
but I think he's the head of the finances for the UK government. And um, he was on there on this little clip that I watched to show the fact that national insurance has gone down by X percent mm. on average. The average household is saving £500 a year. Didn't they put it up two years ago? Um, don't know. But even let's just take this year in isolation. So they've they've decreased it and they say £500 a year savings. Okay. Martin Lewis, fair play, went straight away. But due to inflation, the amount of people that are now earning more and have been pushed through new tax brackets that have not moved for decades. Overall, even factoring in this £500 saving in national insurance, we'll be paying more in income tax anyway, on average. And he just, the guy was just sat there stunned, going, You're not meant to know about that. Well, it's, <laughs> it's all, I suppose that's why they're willing to do it. And it's also the fact is that all your food, so, and everything else, all your goods have gone up by 40%. And therefore, your, you know, 20% VAT on all these things will have gone up. Yeah. So you're paying more tax as it is, and you're getting less money. Yeah, it was just really nice because normally Martin Lewis, I've always seen him like, a bit of a bit of like, almost like a low IQ economist, or like mm. financial guy. Like he, he he looks at things too blinkered, right? He'll just go, "Oh, buy this credit card because you get this little bit more money." And da da da. And in recent years, it seems to be he's realised it's inflation is the enemy. So every time the government come out of a thing, he goes. Right, does that counter inflation, right? Because inflation is causing basically five to ten percent at least increase yeah. in everything. And and the biggest and one of the really biggest ones is shoving people into these new tax brackets. You know, the amount the amount of people now probably earning over forty grand is is a huge number now. Whereas that was supposed to be you're an exceptional earner to be earning over forty grand. You you are basically a director at this point. And if you're earning 40 grand, K, is, you need 40 grand to pretty much live now. Yeah. Like literally people have to start on 25 and then after a couple of promotions, they're on 40 and then, then your life starts. And guess what? You're now in the highest tax bracket in the UK at this point. And you go, hold well, on. I've just taken all, the first few also, steps in my career. We did also talk about it last week with pensions because with pensions, you're taxed, I think it's after 20 grand as an income, even though you've been taxed on it. Well, actually not, you get tax allowances, but you get tax on the rest of your money anyway. But so if you want to live on 30 grand over the last like four years, we know it's gone by 30, 40%. So it's a third extra. So it's putting you into new tax bands on that as well. So it's literally mm. you're getting more tax everywhere now. You want to retire, you're really going to have point. to... You know, it's now 40 grand is a new 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I um, strangely enough, and coincidentally, I, I posed the question in which we always say, you know, how do you know that the government at the time won't pass a new law that will mean that you won't be able to have access to the money that you've been saving, not now for the last 40 years, but the last 50 years, given the fact that they want to or they may need to raise the um the retirement age to 71 from where it already is at 68 uh which it's going to be in and what, year what, and also they move private pensions a date re-age which you can take out from 50 to 57 
yes. what says that they won't raise it to 67, even though it's none of their business because it's your money. Yeah. And yeah, it, exactly. surely it should be that you know, you, you know, when you start paying into your pension, in my mind, that's when the contract starts. So it should be honoured. So any mm. changes should just be a case of, well, yeah, you can make the change. And anyone that's basically 18 now, they they sign up to that new contract. So they almost get to decide, like, do you want to pay into a pension with these rules? And they should fix them. But it's because that's what would happen with a bank, right? Like it's like a mortgage. Yeah. Mortgages change all the time. But if I've managed to wait until the rates were low and then lock in my rate for 10 years, that's the way I get. And rates go all crazy. Someone comes in and buys a mortgage at that point, then. But more, but this is the only financial instrument that is probably the most important financial instrument, which is a pension, that the rules can change almost the day before you take your pension out. And the tax laws can vastly change the the, the amount you could take out each year, the, the age you could take it out can all just change willy-nilly. One, one politician just makes a call and yeah, your retirement plans are, are scuppered. And uh, yeah, we probably don't need to like bash pensions any more than we already have on this pod. But <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, saying that that is the most, the safest place to put your money is nuts. Yeah I, yeah, I agree. Saving for your old age, absolutely do it. But, but save it, it but in a place that you have control. Do not put it into a. I think we should. I think we should go further in the fact that if Martin Lewis is starting to go down this route more and more. This is good because he has the ear of the masses who do listen to him and he equally gives good practical advice. So I see a world in which one day Martin Lewis will be saying to the masses, yeah, sign up to X exchange and make sure that you take your Bitcoin off that exchange. Take custody. Yeah, a whole show about um taking custody of shitcoins. That'd yeah. be classic. Yeah. But you don't you, buy you know you may you may see Ethereum and think it's cheaper, but it's shit. Don't buy it. And exactly. that Dogecoin, it may print more. It's just like fit, don't buy that. And yeah. this um dink doink, fuck me, you're an idiot about that. Bitcoin, just buy the Bitcoin. Don't click on anything else if it says Bitcoin Cash, don't click on that. Next week well, we'll be co covering custody. And the week after, we covering memes to send to your friends who are fucked hard still in fiat. <laughs> Ring this number on the bottom if you need me because you've been scammed. Because that's what he used to do before with like PPI and things like that. It was set up a whole task force trying to help people that have been scammed out of crypto. Yeah. I think one of the steps before that will be if before he gets into bitcoin he needs to fall off the pension wagon and you'll yeah. go don't pay into your pension it's too risky that will be, Ooh, it'll be so close he's in touching distance now because oh. he's basically lost faith in the most treasured asset that is in the financial space right which is the pension once that domino falls it's a matter of time to be knocked into bitcoin next and then everyone's just going to think he's a crazy person and he's going to get cut off the mainstream TV probably because he can't yeah, go on there going, don't sod your bank account, sod this, sod that. You just need to get your money to exchange, convert it to Bitcoin and fucking put it on a hardware wallet. It's the only way. Like Once he starts saying that, <laughs> like the mainstream, he, he, just, the heads are going to implode. and Oh, God. They're going to go, oh, no, he's, he's, he turned full scammer. However, so... 
I was going to say, we, got on, we were talking about Elon, weren't we? I don't know how we've ended down this massive tangent. Yeah, it's been good. It's, it's, it's basically yeah. just, um, you know, government and um, confiscation, isn't it? It's, it's just the, an example of, like, confiscation. Because you'd think, like, when you're a billionaire, this rich, right? And you know, we always get told, oh, no one should be a billionaire. You know, they they just rule the world and da-da-da. And you go, well, by and large, I kind of agree in the fact that billionaires rule the world. But there's a small percentage of those billionaires that are genuinely ruling the world in a very corrupt, fiat, crony capitalism way. And I don't believe Elon is one of them. I think Elon is one of the guys that have actually dragged himself up from basically um, largely nothing um, to being one of the richest guys on the planet. And now he's under attack. So even with someone with his resources, he can't go against the justice system. Someone comes up and goes, we don't think you deserve that money. And they just go, they drop that. But it's also, like I said, it's that that's it like you've lost that money but now. it's trying to work out whether this is a coordinated attack or whether it is just judges getting involved what they shouldn't do and trying to be political instruments it's the advertising right the, the the amount of companies that quit their advertising on twitter once elon took over and you go through the list of the companies it's all the wokey cokey ones all the ones that have got their freaking rainbow flags and blm everywhere it's and they've all just cut it off. And, and when they say what are their reasoning for cutting off advertising on on Twitter, it's like, oh, because there's child trafficking on there, there's anti-Semitism. And you just go, it's a social network where anyone can post anything. You could, why do you still advertising on, on Facebook then? Why are you doing it on Instagram? Why are you doing it on TikTok? Why are you doing it on Reddit? They all have, like any idiot can post the most horrendous things. But since Elon has taken over, He's largely got control of a lot of the spam. And when I've looked at his stats, a lot of these like very hateful, just unnecessary comments that are designed just to be inflammatory and just be hateful towards whole groups of, of people, he's cut down the percent of those that are happening now and deletes them quicker than what they were previously were. So on all the metrics that you want to go on, yes, of course, you can still find that stuff on Twitter, but there's less of it and it's getting deleted quicker. So for all these companies just to magically start stop advertising after advertising on Twitter for years, like literally decades, they've just suddenly stopped once Elon took over. That is clearly a political attack to try and pull the pull the support from underneath Twitter and make it an unstable company again. No matter how much Elon tries to make that company profitable, they've just gone, yeah, yeah you can cut as many costs and bring in extra revenue, all these creative different ways. But if we just pull all the advertising revenue from you, you're going to fail anyway. So they're going for Twitter, and now they're going for him personally as well, based on this this Tesla payout, which has nothing to do with with, with anyone other than It'll be interesting the shareholders. Because the, the shareholders signed it off. If it's if it's my theory, the appeal straight away will be um, what's the correct word upheld. So you know the money, the judge will be told to fucking behave himself. Whereas if it's political, they'll um, uphold what the judge did. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Should we move on to, I would say, a lighter note? It's never a lighter note, is it? Going no, to Nigeria. No. no. We talked about Nigeria. <laughs> it must be a good year ago, didn't we? Yeah. Um, actually, I want to start, since we're talking about Inflation Weekly, we should start with a nice quote, which I found. Um, I'll just dig it out because I think this is worse starting. Help us understand inflation. So, someone called John Levin, 
money doesn't lose its value. That's a narrative. Instead, prices go up in this case due to relentless and cumulative population growth. You might say, what's the difference? Well, if you look at a problem the wrong way, you have very little chance to fix it. So now we understand inflation. Nigeria may need to be looked at a different way. It's not just them printing money, is it? Population mm -hmm. growth. It's just a narrative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really interesting. So we talked about this, and I think they're trying to implement CBDCs, and they were locking the normal systems out of the banks when we talked about this. It was quite a bad situation, and now it has lost two-thirds of its value relative to the US dollar over the past year. And like I said, I think we talked about this a year ago when we'd lost 40%, and also the, the plebs were getting locked out of their bank accounts. And then I think the statistics as well, it was 90-odd percent of the Nigerian um, currency was with the elites anyway. Yeah. And and just to really hammer that home, that is this, like, in the last year, two-thirds compared to US dollars in, in a year. But it's speeding up, isn't it? This is heading towards hyperinflation. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, well, it basically is, right, isn't it? You know, to, to have lost 66% of the value of your money in inside a year. And, and you can see from, from this chart, you know, it's they're not really going up gradually. Like These are just huge printing cycles that seem to be happening. They then just plateau for a bit and then another huge spike you know there's clearly just this is what happens when the the, the the proper like rich rats in the ship know that it's sinking and they're jumping ship right there because where is this printed money going do you think it's going into fixing public services is it going into um trying to stop hyperinflation is it no, clear, like the, nearly every single time, once the analysis is done back on these hyperinflated countries, these last couple of huge printing cycles goes completely to the corrupt politicians that are doing so and the big business owners, and they're running off of that money and buying yeah, she buying stuff like the, it. the people. It's devastating. I mean, the people in that company in in that country, they've lost that their money is just. 66% loss in value yeah. over a year. It's so just it's devastating. It's two big spikes, so isn't it? So it's yeah. you've got one in June, and it goes from 583 to 1,000. Sorry, this is sterling to the Naira. Naira? don't know. How to yeah, it's the Naira. Um, yeah, it's the And then in January, January. it goes from 1,142 to 1,768. So literally, again, 50% on each of those instances within a matter of days. You know, yeah. that is severe printing. They're doubling, like, the money supply on each one. Yeah. And, and you don't but get the of course, back. we need to remember what Nigeria's most valuable resource is, which is oil, which was first discovered so in 1956. They're, they're an oil-rich state, and they're Correct. in this kind of trouble. Yeah, God, it must be a big population growth to cause this. Mm -hmm. You know that, like the the worst thing you can do is be a rich rich with oil in with the US, fucking <laughs> war exactly. machine around the world. It, 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 exactly. So, really and truly, it's just a way to impoverish the people to then overtake it. And oh, well, now that we've had to bail you out, 
we'll also take the oil as well along with well, it. We, we had some like this, but it was the deposits of um, uranium in, was it Niger or something like that? And how the French were That's keeping right. them on the um, CFA franc, if I remember correctly. So it's similar, but it's it's like this thing which we talk about and you don't really understand like the whole picture until you come across like Nigerian countries like this. It's the Fiat Ponzi system. So it's mm. like the elites, the US take it all. They take off all your value of all the plebs underneath, but actually underneath us, there's people being fucked there. You know, so like Niger, Nigeria, Niger, whichever countries which are supporting like US, UK, and you just don't think that this is happening. You think they're just poor. We better send them, what, a blank, um, a mosquito net by giving £5 to live aid. <laughs> Whereas, in fact, it's just we're absolutely ruining them because all the money's being siphoned out and it's allowing the UK, US to basically live a bit better. So we'd be down the plug hole if it wasn't for the leaning on poorer countries, wouldn't we? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it is disgraceful. Yeah, there's yeah we outsource loads of the labour to there, so we don't have to pay the the higher wages and and, and steal and, their resources. Yeah, the, it's the stealing the natural resources, which is just. Horrendous. And then if so, if someone rises up and starts to send the country in a good direction, they're an evil dictator. We better send some freedom bombs or assassinate them, put a puppet in place who who will rape pillage the whole com country again. <laughs> Yeah. Never happened, you know. It's never happened in Venezuela. It's never happened in, um, you know, all these wars: Ar Iran, Iraq. Never happened there. Never happened in Afghanistan. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is nuts when you see it, and it's just Jesus Christ. You know, there's, there's so many countries, and just just imagine like being someone that is doing this right, and then to have the goal because you're also running. The media companies and stuff and go let's have a fundraiser for them yeah you know, let, let's send them like 20 million a year via red nose day whilst we're stealing probably hundreds of billions or maybe just tens of billions worth of natural resources every year and then their government will probably take that 20 million and steal it anyway yeah it just like literally, it's like how they treat certain countries is just—it's almost a perfect model of just how they treat the individual citizens, isn't it? So, like, oh, we've yeah. knocked down your national insurance down by a little bit, yeah, but you've—you're the one that broke my leg by doing inflation and higher taxes and all this stuff. I'm now poor as shit, and you're giving me a crutch to get through the next couple of months. I'm not going to say thank you. Like, you it does the make one you wonder. But it does make you wonder how much, say, Africa, when they had, you know, discovered all these natural resources, so Nigeria with oil, Niger with uranium and all the other precious um, metals and minerals which they found, how they would actually be if they were allowed to just get on with it. Well, I can guarantee they'd be a lot better than they are now. But, um, yeah, the American war machine makes make sure that only certain countries can progress and others just stay in the dark ages because it suits them doesn't it anyway right let's get on to really this is the main story of the week right correct good old freaking craig right <laughs> I mean, satoshi satoshi himself as much as i hate talking about him it's just when i was reading 
like the notes and stuff. The, the, Craig is just pure entertainment at this point. It's just gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's there's no question that it, or is he Satoshi? Is he not? Like anyone with a working brain knows he's not. Like the, the amount of forged documents, <laughs> the. The, the inability right, that, that's the pod just cancelled right there you <laughs> <Not> Chris <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah exactly thanks fans that's it we're done we're done shut up shut up so Satoshi before the start of this trial said ironically the copper case will fall apart before it even starts we're now on day two aren't we yeah he tried so to settle he tried to settle last week he didn't want to go to court um, he agreed he, to drop everything against all the other people if they just shut up. Didn't and admit that like... Satoshi. Oh, admitted he was Satoshi. Yeah. But all so, of them just went like, no, we have the strongest case ever. You've you've submitted like hundreds of thousands. And just documents. to set the scene, so Copper is a crypto open patent alliance. So yeah. it's just basically saying these are the things which which we well were either filed or we believe. He's been um, countersued. So, so he's sued all these people America because they called him a fraud. Up, they? So they've countersued him. And instead of countersuing them all individually, they got together and just sued them all as one because then it 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 pulls all the legal resources, uh, right? So you reckon this is like Peter McCormack, Hoddle mm. Hort, and everyone else. Okay, good. Yeah, it's everyone. Um, I think... So, so there's so many things I could pick from this thread, which is shared. Um, I'm trying to remember who who posted it because it was Norbert. obviously a lot of a lot of work for this person to put together. And yeah, it was well. yeah, bit Norbert. Um, so a lot of respect to him for putting everything together. But yeah. one of my favourite pieces of evidence is in 2016 or 2017. There's a handwritten note which says, "I don't wish to be Satoshi," before apparently he tried to commit suicide. Yeah. <laughs> How is that proof? <laughs> I know. He, he's the most bizarre guy. He, he, and, and what he keeps doing... Yeah, go on. No, I was, I was, I was just going to... No, no, you go for it. Go for it. It's, um, he keeps submitting last-minute evidence. Right? It's clearly trying to just throw people off, throw the date back, going, oh, this evidence has just been revealed. And his latest one that he did something like a week ago was he had some documents that predated the Bitcoin white paper. It was from like 2006 or something. And he was talking about Bitcoin, largely about the technicalities of how the blockchain and proof of work would all link together. So he submitted this as proof that I am the Bitcoin founder. Here's me writing a document, largely specking out what Bitcoin was going to be in 2006. This proves I am Satoshi. So this document goes over to Copper's side. They analyze this and just go, this document was created on a machine that had been set the, the clock to 2006 uh, because we can see that if you override that, the metadata behind where the clock is saying is that it was actually created six months ago. <clears throat> it's had like 200 edits on it. The last edit being the day before Craig submitted it <clears throat> as evidence mm -hmm. so this is a fraudulent document undoubtedly and he even said oh no it's on a format called latex or something i've never even heard of this oh no that, that's a different one 
Oh, it's a different one. But it's just yeah, like, it's so many of his documents. He's not even. And do you know what his defense against that was when he when he did it in day one? His defense when the the opening statements and things are being said. When it came back to to them for comment, Craig's comment was, "If I forged documents, you wouldn't know they'd be perfect." So the fact <laughs> that these forgeries are very easily proven to be forgeries means I didn't do it. And you go, Craig, but you still have submitted fraudulent documents, so it doesn't answer the question. Yeah. You know, the fact that you might you think you're an, an exceptional forgerer. Well, do, do you know what the best one is? Isn't I think out you, for question you here. Like you're probably not anyway. Like, like that's quite a good one about the clock, but this one, so the white paper. So he obviously submitted that he'd written it and he had evidence, which is probably him clocking his computer back. Um, but it was written on, like you said, latex or latex, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, the original white paper was written using open office. And not only that, with latex, the... the the features which he used to create the document weren't made available to us in like 2013 <laughs> or 2016. I was going to say that's going to be the simplest one. That that software and it just wasn't even out, was it? Yeah. It just wasn't. So you say there's all the meh. You know, for plebs like us, we won't be able to find out all this information. No. But you're literally entering this den, all these techies going, putting all these massive claims in, and he pulls out something where they can just disprove. By looking yeah. at the metadata behind it, yeah. Um, the the challenge is in this data rich world and in this world where you know people are really curious and equally ready to question if you can't back it up with facts, you're just going to get found out asap. And uh, and the internet is undefeated and relentless with it as well. So well, uh, yeah, well, he's going to get bitcoiners here, isn't he? Like literally. This yeah. is the this is the crypto punks, right? Yeah. This is the elite of technical brain power, right? Correct. This is who, like, because uh, admittedly, Hodonor and um, McCormack aren't, but there's some Bitcoin core developers that have been sued as well, and they're in this. So I can guarantee yeah. that the the lawyers that are looking at these documents, they probably don't know how to analyze them. They just send them to the Bitcoin core developer, and you'll go, oh, yeah. I'll figure this out. I'll, I'll, I'll see if this document's legit or not. And in so five minutes want... flat, they're just pulling out that, no, it got edited yesterday <laughs> and it got do, created do want, six do, months ago. Do you, want no, some, um, do you want some other classic quotes from the, from the um, <laughs> day one? On. So fa they found 71 documents to be manipulated. None of the other 26 new Reliance documents support rights claim to be Satoshi. So some solid evidence there, but he is Satoshi. After this, Wright was pressed to provide evidence like moving coins. Shows an email to Anderson saying we are going to move coin. Wright made reporters send coins to Satoshi's addresses, promising he would send them back, which he didn't. So this is a previous one, I think 2019. Um, goes into email supposedly between Wright and Cleman. Wright asked Cleman to help him with Bitcoin. The email domain wasn't created until 2009. <laughs> <laughs> the email wasn't an identical copy, but the body of the email was convoluted explanation from Cleveland case now being repeated. Expert agree these emails are inauthentic. Um, when white paper was published, his focus was el elsewhere, forensic, etc. But he's not very good at InfoSec, given he says he's been repeatedly hacked. 
So this oh, yeah. is someone who claims to be, you know, a hell of a developer, but he's getting hacked all the time. Well, that's his main explanation for why these documents aren't right. His claim is that the, the, the documents were correct, but someone's hacked his computer and put all this incorrect metadata on them. And you just go crazy. <laughs> like, what? like to, to actually make a document from 2006 look like it was edited 213 times and only created six months ago. This is really tough. I mean, mate, come on. And, and you've done it 71 times now. <laughs> like, come on. But, but he's, he's like this, um, he's like that kid at your school who's just relentless liar and just oh, goes yeah. deeper and deeper and deeper until yeah. there's just no backing out. And it's just like, you know, even Calvin, your little mate's going to run out on you. I think there was a threat a few months ago, wasn't there? Oh, he's cut him from his legal bill, which is why he's yeah. he's actually paying for the rest of these legal fees on his own now, which are why I think he tried to settle because he didn't want the court case. So this is going to wipe him out, isn't it? Probably. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be expensive, especially when he loses and then needs to also pay all the fees from the other side. Previous, and then whatever yeah. settlement... There's also, there's also the previous settlements, which he hasn't Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, the with. previous settlements. And the fact that he said if anybody else obviously wants to uh, defame him, that he'll then sue them as well. So... Uh, I think it's open season. Come all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> open season. When, when, once this once this case closes <laughs> and he's found to not be Satoshi, it's like Correct. we can all just call him what we want. And it's just, yeah. You know, but um, a, a great quote. Um, this is just like, I didn't realize like courtrooms are so funny, right? This, this is the, the copper lawyers. Um, and up until now, Craig keeps producing evidence right in the 11th hour. And up until now, they've been calling it, he keeps pulling rabbits from hats. To mm. like to be like gazumped them, and he's and they just went. He's not pulling rabbits from hats anymore. He's pulling garbage out of a bin. <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't a court of law, like in, you know, in London. There's a proper judge listening to this. <laughs> and then an, another thing that just tickled me in here is uh, apparently there was a protected document <laughs> inside some of the things that Craig submitted, and um. He didn't tell them what the password was, so they just guessed. And the password was Bitcoin one one, and they, they and they got in, and they guessed it. And you just go, Craig, like, you're clearly just trying to be a bit of a dick, right? You know, submitting a load of documents and password protecting one of them, but they guessed it, and they didn't have to ask you what the password was. It's, it's Bitcoin one one, and it. <clears throat> I just retweeted that today, being like, is this the new Hunter 2? You know, like the, the infamous internet password that was... Yeah. Another great... If this wasn't real and happening in front of my eyes, I thought this would just be parody. You know, is this like a comedy sketch? <laughs> it was um, on day two, so this is Norbert's writing. Craig is here, full clown outfit today. I overheard those shoes are offensive. <laughs> even getting personal against him I just don't know what Gray's going to do it's just I don't lose. know how he get. I don't know how he gets out of this because he's got not got the backing anymore he's probably got a bit of money from being an early investor on Bitcoin and also starting up was it Bitcoin Cash yeah Um. but you know that's going to run out and he's going to have to do all these other settlements as well on the back of this Oh, additionally, another bit is 
he went around in circles about explaining what he paid for Bitcoin.org with. So credit cards, the debit cards, the different types of payments round and round. Oh, no, it might be my lawyer. I told him to pay with this. I don't know. Um, even though he insisted it was his credit card at first. Yeah, which doesn't, yeah. Because he didn't buy it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like throwing shit at the wall, isn't he? Going, maybe yeah. a credit card, PayPal, debit. And eventually yeah. that will land on the correct answer. He's like, yeah, it's that one. Like, Craig, like, yeah. if, you, if you're Satoshi, you just register it on a domain registry yourself and you would be able to verify that quite easily. Could you just log in to but the domain is... registrar that you brought it on? And there aren't that many of them. And you just yeah. have a look. And Jesus, you would know where your Bitcoin.org is hosted. You would know it, that. It is a question host. of who is Bitcoin.org registered to? Uh, well, I think it's, it's the Bitcoin core developers. So okay. Blockstream, Adam Back, and those guys. Yeah, because I, I, I'll say it came up as a bit of curiosity on the back of reading this when we're talking about mm. the registration. But it's it's an absolute clown show, isn't it? Yeah, he, I think his claim is they stole it from him. Then and you just go, "Oh, right, of course they stole it." Oh, it's it's it's, it's genuinely hilarious. Like the, the amount, I I don't know. Like, <clears throat> do you remember when Craig he did a he did a talk? Um, you know, at the Oxford Union. I think we might have even covered it. This is years ago, and um, someone I think accused him of being a fraud in the in the crowd. I asked him. What are you a fraud or something? You know, and it probably <laughs> triggered him. And he stood up and started ranting and started just going, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna prove this in a court of law. You know, welcome to law. And uh if I'm lying and I'm not Satoshi, the maximum sentence for perjury is is 20 years. So I will serve 20 years in prison if I'm not Satoshi. So that amount of that confidence in the fact that this is true, which is why I'm not going to get taken to court for this. I will take them to court to prove that I'm Satoshi and make them pay out. And if I'm wrong, I go to prison for 20 years. You know, it's like a big mm. gamble. But it's a classic, I swear on my life. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. If, I'm, if I'm lying, may God strike me down right now. Yeah. But it's it's not twenty years for perjury for something like this. It's just not. Yeah. There's no way. The the only penalty that he will get, even when he gets proven, because it, it's bizarre. I always find it bizarre in these civil cases where it is money just on the line. Clearly, one side is lying. Maybe both sides in some shape or form. Um, and the truth is somewhere lies in the middle. But surely, then whoever wins means that the other side was lying a lot more, which is mm. provable perjury. And perjury is a crime. You know, you swear on the oath to tell the truth and only but the truth. And if you if you lie, it's supposed to be a criminal offence that carries at least a six-month sentence. And as far as I know, in the majority of these civil kind of matters that are just about money and slander and all this type of stuff, which is, is basically just petty falling outs that's what this is really it's just a falling out on a very large scale about being a certain person and a lot of money end up getting involved but this is just it's like neighbors just 
shouting each other across the fence, really. That's all this is. <laughs> but surely it could get serious quite quickly that even if you're not suing each other over millions, like this case, you could be suing each other over just a couple of grand. But whoever wins, it means the other guy was lying. So that's perjury. And you should yeah. be sentenced as such. But that that bit never happens. You just lose the money. So yeah. you probably get a fine or something like that. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You, you um, lose the case, don't you? You have to pay the legal bills to the other side. You I don't see how. But there's no punishment as to going, well, hold on. The fact that you lost means the majority of your freaking testimony was a lie, which is perjury, which is a crime. I don't see this court case going on for very long after reading the first day. I've, I've kind of like um, read a little bit of day two, but day one was so damning. I'm like, how far can we actually go? Craig, you're lying. <laughs> it's not obvious you're lying. To me, evidence... small claims courts matters in a big court. You know, like you say, it's petty things. But this is America. You know, they're suing them in America, and actually the damages could be... 100 million, 200 million, who knows? Because this is in the UK. Oh, this is UK. This is London. Oh, wow. So it actually went bankrupt because it, it, it was in America. They That's put on silly fines, don't they? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's because of our lack of freedom of speech, which is what made it possible to even start all this off. Because you're allowed to call people a fraud in America. You have the First Amendment uh, to okay. be able to say what you want. But in Britain, we don't really have a free speech law. Uh, so mm. if you if you call someone a fraud in the UK, you have to they can sue you for that, and you then have to prove it in a court of law that you were correct in, in saying that that person was a fraud. And that's that's how Craig started all this five or six years ago. It couldn't have been started anywhere else because our freedom yeah. of speech is so limited in the UK. Oh. Yeah, I think we'll probably, hopefully, I'm guessing it's got to be over by next week, reading through this again. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be, he's desperate to settle. And um, apparently his his lawyers, you know, because it said it in it, that his lawyers were trying to make him uh, move a Satoshi live in the courtroom. And um, it's it's in like the whole testimony and, and these documents that they submitted. And that's what led Craig to being so stressed, apparently he tried to commit suicide. And there's apparently uh, a doctor's report that says he did go to hospital and he was ill with something. Uh and um and that's just the whole story is bizarre, right? It almost just paints him to be a victim to go, don't ask me to move a coin because I might kill myself. <laughs> Craig, like don't hide behind suicide as a reason to not move a coin. And clearly. You know, Satoshi's wallets are largely known. So yeah. move just a couple of sats from one of those wallets. And it doesn't necessarily prove that you are Satoshi. It proves you have access to one of Satoshi's wallets. But that goes a hell of a long way to proving that if you're not Satoshi, you are freaking close to him if you have access to one of his wallets. So just move some sats. He refuses to do it. His lawyers he are pressuring him. He, and when he, he when he no, got pressured enough, he, he freaking pretended to commit suicide, and that's why no, I think he, he did. He pretended it to commit too, suicide. It was too it was too much stress. 
How dare you? <laughs> it like, makes you think about child, like we're saying, with child who keeps on lying and they're telling all their mates they can use, I don't know, like the force or something like that. And when they um, get called out in class to use the force, they faint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. poke them in the ribs and they start moving. You're like, oh, you're not dead, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we'll get more, more on that one. I don't know if there's anything more to say about Craig Wright apart from it'll be proven ne by next week, but he is Satoshi. Yeah, well, it's it's one of them, isn't it, where like the evidence is just so damning. You know, even if I try and steal man Craig's case and go, what is the strongest case that he has to be Satoshi? I, I can't pull on a thing, single thing. I know. <laughs> like, literally every bit of evidence that he submitted... If you take it as red, you go, okay, this looks like he's Satoshi. But it's been so categorically disproved to be forgeries from the other side. All his evidence that is just thrown in the garbage because it's yeah. they're forgeries. So once you get rid of the forgeries and go, what else is left? There's nearly nothing. It's, I think what you some more evidence will come up. There'll be a handwritten note from Hal Finney saying Craig Wright is Satoshi. <laughs> written by Craig White's left hand. <laughs> oh, I think I think we should move on. Probably do a whole show on this. On the yeah, show. Should you go back to politics? But the only yeah. politics that we accept on the show, where we actually have a look at an election and actually give a shit about the outcome. What you mean? This is far right dictatorship politics. Dictatorship politics. Yeah. It's a... Uh, if you look at this for any country, you'd think maybe this could be a bit rigged at 87.61. Right. You look at this and think this is the kind of shit which they do in um, um, Africa or South America. You know, that is rigged to fuck. But then you well, actually go through... The recent the history of El Salvador. Know. That's it. So, so Naib Bukele has won the re-election by eighty-seven point six one percent, and uh, so therefore Elvador, El Salvador has spoken. And uh, and yeah, so this is just to obviously put it in context for people. Um, so, you know, if you looked at this as an isolated incident, you'd be thinking it is. I suppose fraudulent, but you look. It, at it, it the, is um, suspiciously high. Eighty-seven percent is pretty much. But it. when you think about the recent history, like if you're a resident, no matter oh, I vote for the blue party, I vote for the the dark blues, the greens, the reds, the yellows, whatever party they are, you kind of be going. But Bukalele, he's actually increased our GDP. He's increased tourism. Gang murders are down. The gangs are get, getting rounded up and put in prison. You kind of go, I don't like all these policies, but my wife can actually walk back from her job at eight o'clock at night and not be um, fearful of the streets anymore. So you've got you to look at this and think it's gone from the biggest shithole in the world to a lot higher up the list now, hasn't it? And it's only been a few years since he got in and since he's been able to get his radical changes in about this whole kind of... Um, I suppose the low time preference mindset of actually fixing the country. Yeah, the the, the only thing, right? That I I just quickly googled it. 
on 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 the high percentage rate. So you know when Barack Obama got voted in first black president, he's running against John McCain, who admittedly is a, a war veteran and all that. The other side, Republican against Democrat, Barack is obviously the Democrat. With Joe Biden as his VP. It's Sarah Palin. God, I remember Sarah, Sarah Palin. Like mm-hmm. The original like, oh. joke. <laughs> but so this is when Obama just shot onto the scene, right? You know, first black president, spoke amazingly well, super charismatic, was going to change everything, led with a hope. campaign of hope. Hope. Whereas that John McCain, an old white guy, <laughs> part of the establishment. Yeah. Basically, what is Joe Biden is today, right? Which is, you, you know, nothing's changing, right? Barack was genuinely a younger guy, and everyone believed he was going to change it, right? In that vote, Barack only got fifty-two point nine percent of the the vote. John McCain got forty-five point seven. Obviously, the other candidates got the other like little bit. I was going to say, there's not really any candidates, are there? It's, it's insanely close, right? Insanely close. And and, and that, that I, the only reason I Googled that election was surely Barack Obama in 2008 won by a landslide that year. Right? Just clearly, he just, right guy, right time. But no, he, he won by 7%, you know, 52.9 against 45 but, but yeah, m- maybe it is just the case of that America is very wedded to its political side, so it doesn't matter who comes up on the other side, even if Barack is someone that you go, wow, he seems like a really good guy, but screw him, I'm not a Democrat, I'm a Republican, so I'm going to vote for a Republican no matter what. Whereas in El Salvador, maybe they don't have those political affinitations and well, it's things it, actually... genuinely vote for the right person, not just... Things have started to like. change... Whereas to change the kind of like the meter in America is so much more because it is the number one country. What would you have to do to actually make the Amer- America progress? And also, you're kind of not really president of much because the individual states are quite autonomous in a way, aren't they? Whereas El Salvador, tiny little country, what is it, six million people or something? It's not big at all. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, like I said, it's gone from the biggest shit all in the world to um, I think it's had a significant jump up the tables and murder rates and crime, etc. So I think if you did live there, surely even if you don't like him, you've got to look at him and think it's the right thing, isn't it? Yeah, we're actually moving the, up. Yeah, the the US president also is you know, effectively the most influential person given the size of the economy as well. Um, in the world or one-off. Yeah, I was just reading through the comments and I think I, I agree with one of them down there, which is it, w- it would just be good to see an opposition. You know, when, whenever someone just has a complete majority like this, there should be two Bricky ladies mm. kind of challenging here to go, yeah, yeah, we're going to continue on the Bitcoin standard. But then on top of that, we'll do this, this, this and this. Whereas you, you look down this list of you know the people that lost, right? They're the classic old guy, you know, a load of old boomers. 
you've got Bukaleli there looking like he's fucking straight out of Vogue magazine, you know, and it's you know, 35, 40. <laughs> and you go, what? To, to keep someone honest, especially when you're that high up and that powerful, you, you need someone that is comp- genuinely competing against you. And so they, they're largely quite similar almost to you, but they just divert on a couple of nuanced issues. What it looks like is that everyone running against him is so politically different that no one even puts a vote there. They just all vote for Bukele. Assuming, yeah. of course, that this election is even legit. Who knows? Obviously, he is ruling with a bit of an iron fist at the moment. Who knows what it's like in country if you get caught voting for someone else? Does something happen? Yeah, you, you do never know. But I think, like I said, I think the big thing about um, stance on on gangs will have had a big sway. Because my understanding, it was just absolutely rife. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think categorically, I think when you look at the the key stats, and if if there is a person that deserves that type of landslide which I must admit I'm still sceptical of something that high I think a landslide should be 60% that should probably be your maximum amount of votes that you got this should be 40% shared amongst the others but because 87% is, is nearly everyone but yeah if you look at the key stats about what people care about which is you know crime um, the economy health jobs uh, I'm or sure people are feeling it on the ground. They feel safer. They they feel um, better off because they've, they've come off the, the US dollar standard. So they're not as um, prone to, to inflation now. They're moving to, to Bitcoin, even though Bitcoin hasn't been hugely taken up. Crime has reduced hugely. So he's making a meaningful impact on that country. Uh, so... Yeah, if, if people are genuinely that far, that much behind him, then then congrats. It's just that uh, it looks suspiciously high to me. Which yeah, like, uh, and I've also had reoccurring thoughts about our conversation from last week about um, people just being corrupt. Yeah, and uh, and the corruptness just because it, it's just human nature. Like, um, it's not great thinking about it, but, you know, you see these crimes where uh, people have been, you know, murdered on the streets or even the fact of, like, beheading. But, you know, beheading used to be the usual back in the day, you know, look back in, like, wars and burning people on the stakes where people would go to watch, you know. We've just become a society that's just been tamed uh, along it, but I'm ultimately for bringing where... back the headings. <laughs> <laughs> but, but where I'm going with it is that you know, people earning or people becoming corrupt or people doing things that they shouldn't necessarily do is just part and parcel of humans being humans. And so, ideally, you know, we would love for Bukaleli not to do that. And not to turn and equally like, you know, not that Zuck was ever on the, the right side of the law, but, you know, now that I'm sure he is full government, you know, plant, and it's not really a plant because we kind of know, you know, a plant is, is kind of unknown. But, yeah, I just think maybe he has 
succumbed to the powers that be somewhere. And that's why this landslide is a landslide. Yeah. Um, well, what, I think it's impossible. I think he's fighting against the main system, but the problem is, is he getting drunk on his own power? That, yeah. That, that's the issue, right? So he, a different level of corruption creeps Correct. in. Not that he's being controlled by the US. Like, who, who knows? Maybe he is the ultimate Trojan horse and he's pretending mm. to be a fuck you type president to the US, bringing on a Bitcoin standard, calling out and laughing and you know, shit posting really on Twitter yeah. about the US dollar. <laughs> and uh, But secretly he's working <laughs> for them. But I think potentially what's more likely, and this is why you know, Bitcoin is decentralized, it, why, it's why Satoshi decentralize the entire platform is that if you do give an individual power over people and a large amount of wealth every single time and we've seen this over the whole course of history at some point they will start to pull a couple of levers that keep themselves in power for longer than they should be and that or they carve off a little bit more money than they should do and once they start that it only gets bigger because then people start to rebel, they have to then become authoritarian to stop it. They need to steal more money to protect themselves. And it just gets into this huge amount of corruption in the end and the entire system then. So someone good that got into power fundamentally when you fast forward 30 years is a tyrant by the end of yeah, it. I think Gaddafi started off as being good, but then just started killing his own people who rose up against him. Yeah. Um, though he did have some good within him, like trying to get onto some kind of like um, precious metal standard, which ultimately ended up with him getting killed. But he was a tyrant as well. Yeah. And, that, and that's the issue. That And that's why I say um, Buclady needs opposition. He needs to be kept honest. Uh, he, he can't win 87% of the vote. He needs to have someone that is genuinely competing on similar policies that are just as attractive to El Salvador and people than than he is. So at any point, he could be replaced. And and if he does get replaced, he should accept it. That's another big thing. Mm. Um, yeah, well, but yeah, it's, like I said, it's really hard for us to tell. I think maybe he's had re-election. this up. Yeah, maybe he's had this one, um, honestly. I think no matter what he does during this cycle, people will be thinking, oh, things could be better. So I think when the next one comes up, you'll be able to spot what's going on. Yeah, it's actually a good point, actually, because there's a lot of um, new governments that get in and they promise the world. And then they do a couple of things in their first four years and you go, oh, that's good, good steps to progress. But they go, yeah, yeah, but a lot of the first four years has been correcting the mistakes of the past. It's the next four where you see the benefit. It's always the next four yeah. and the next four so, happen and everything just regresses back to where it started you go well, exactly. not only did you not improve it it's regressed back again <laughs> and then you get voted out normally and they take a shit ton of money with them as they leave so i guess now it's going to be okay you you cleared up some of the the almost the the low hanging hanging fruit uh you've cut down some of the like the gangs basically it seems to be his biggest thing that he's done now it's how do you how do you progress into this future prosperous world where you make El Salvador, you know, a, a tourist location and a, a booming business hub of the world? How is he going to do that bit? It's, it's good. 
and admittedly, four-year cycles for stuff like this is ridiculously short. You, you can't change a country like El Salvador, which is pretty much bottom of the GDP uh, in the countries and of the globe, and suddenly go, oh, now you're 10th in the world or something. like. It's impossible yeah. to do that inside a four- to eight-year cycle. I, I, but... think, I think he's got up like 10 places in all the metrics, so he has dramatically improved. Well, actually, I think apart from murder, which has gone up very dramatically, but that has been imprison as many gang members as you can. Yeah. But we'll, well like I've just seen something actually. So as we've been talking about this, so in 2021, legislative elections, the newly elected Congress urged the constitutional court replacing judges with loyalists. The new justices later ruled that Bukalele could run for a second term despite the constitutional ban on re-election. So my question was, initially, you know, what's the term time in office in El Salvador? And it used to be for a five-year term. But it seems that maybe... That it. You could do it once. And that, yeah, and that was it. Oh, so you've but been allowed the new just, Correct, yeah. Yeah, the new justices later ruled that Bukalele could run for a second term despite the constitutional ban on re-election. So it has already been some form of corruption, albeit the fact that people have re-elected him, what we believe, democratically. Yeah, I was going to say, but a four-year, well, five-year term, a single one, you're not going to get shit all done. So... I kind of go, it makes sense to remove that because it just stifles any forward motion within the country. Mm, of course. And in The Economist in 2022, Nayib Bukele did come out to state that he wants to abolish term limits in El Salvador. Yeah, that's I'm, what, I'm, we're, what, that. it's what we'll have to watch. Yeah. I, I, I also agree. Like, that having like, a limit like most countries seem to have this two-term limit, don't they? Uh, seemingly, mm. El Salvador had a one-term limit, but I, I don't agree. It's like have as many terms as you want, provided you get voted in legitimately mm. and you have fair competition, and that people from within the same party as you genuinely get to compete against you. Then it's all fine. The problem that we have is that I don't think we have democracy, and it's the same same old people that get keep getting put it up. And so, yeah, fine switch them out every four years but all we get is a different old person so it's a fake form of limitation of term but um but yeah i don't know if it's the the western propaganda getting in my head but straight away i started thinking of putin when you were talking yeah. then you know yeah. putin did the same thing didn't he there was there was a limit on the number of terms that you could have in russia and he just abolished it and went nah unlimited and then he wins with 99% of the electoral vote, I think, every year, Correct. if not 100%, because normally any opposition just drop out through pure terror. So it's, um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's almost been a vote in the last decade in Russia. Like, no one will even run against him. But, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, last story of the week here to close up the show. A story close to all of our hearts, KYC and AML. <laughs> so there's a new there's a new website entitled Only Fake. 
not to be confused with OnlyFans, a very different website. <laughs> um, but it creates images of fake IDs using AI for only $15. Images from OnlyFake have been used to bypass KYC requirements on crypto exchanges, OKX, raising cybersecurity concerns. <sighs> this is It's always going to be the thing, right? Obviously, you know, anyone that doesn't know what a KYC and AML check, what it really is, is uh, you put in your name and address, date of birth, all that kind of balls. Um, but then you also submit some documents, passport, driving license, and then you likely probably do a selfie um, at the same time. But obviously with the rise of AI, and seemingly that someone has specialized a form of AI into something called only fake, is that you can shove your face and someone else's driving license into only fake, and it puts you nice and realistically into the image and it looks like you just took a photo of a driver license open on a desk you take a selfie next to that and guess what they're going to match aren't they yep so surprise surprise KYC and AML didn't work anyway all the fraud fraud has been rising every year for the last 50 years and it only has gone parabolic since the internet um, has um, come to fruition but now the typical ways of verifying an individual's identity has just become laughably easy to fake from the looks of things here, which mm. with a matter of time, right? Especially with this AI stuff, it's a matter of time until someone fine tunes it to get through KYC and AML. And it looks like someone's gone and done it here. Well, given AI's explosion and See, it was always coming, but it is now very much here and the rise in bots. I think it it was inevitable. And equally, I think um, people wanting to have a reusable ID that they or a token of some sort, if you get a verified token and that verified token is from a AI generated token, therefore you've, you're in the system, aren't you then? Because you've bypassed it somewhere, it's giving you the uh, the okay check, and then you can continue yeah. to use it. So I think it's definitely something that is going to be seen more and more. Yeah, I think it's just coming up with measures to actually deal with it. So, you know, just using a document on its own or basically with a selfie it is risky and it always has been but with um ai for creating the document and then deep fakes for actually doing selfies on mm. it, re it really does expose it yeah because how would you stop it without with, with those things i know there's you you'd have to use data so ultimately it's got to be able to match across but then it's like what it depends what type of fraud you're looking for that's the so thing. Like, the only way I can you want to make almost like going into bank accounts, verifying transactions within a person's bank account and stuff. And no one does yeah. that. No one does it. Well, it depends what you're going to do, what you can get automated. Then it's obviously consent, friction on, on the journey. So it's first of all, making sure is the person actually real? And then doesn't they match the document? You know, really simple. But if you're then going to tie that document to someone's presence, you've got the risk. So how do you deal with that? So are the companies which deal with telling that it's a deep fake or has it got so convincing they can't? Mm. 
Well, exactly. And then, oh, they yeah, weren't looking at because looking at, it, looking like, at location. Photo of an ID is so like nondescript. It's just a fucking document on a table, right? It's the easiest yeah. image to fake ever. So, so you just got to tie it. You know, maybe tying the person to the mobile as well. Looking at the location. So it's just doing as much as you can. But the fact is, as always, even before AI and deep fakes, you would never be able to stop hundred percent. It's just stopping, say, the majority. Yeah. And going back to the regulated regulations, none of that is part of the regulatory compliance to do that. Those extra steps, regulatory um, compliance is just to check the ID and that it no, the address. There's anti impersonation piece with them that um, anti money laundering, but it's very basic and for reasonable years, endeavors, isn't it? Reasonable endeavors. Reasonable endeavors. Yeah, it's reasonable endeavors, and the main recommendation which they have for donkeys years was a certified copy of a document. So literally, you could write "certified by Jones Solicitors," and how how the hell is a company going to tell? Yeah, but you say, but this is Jones Solicitors. They're not going to ring up and say, "Did you certify this?" I go, <laughs> it's, "It's Jones Solicitors. They're based in I don't know London. Great, I'll sign it off." Yeah, who's certain? Yeah. Who's certifying the certifier or yeah, exactly. No one, the, no one phones the them up. Are you, are you Jones solicitors? Have you certified a passport? Yeah, I have. Well, for this, Mister Mister Smith, I don't know. Maybe. But how do you even know you're speaking know. to Joan? I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. I've never There's gone fifth... through that type of process or where someone's gone. Okay, this is your documents. Now send it to your solicitor. You go. What? I've got a solicitor. What are you yes. on about? It's just certified for someone, so you have it now for like, oh, I had to send off for something. I can't remember what it was. Um, building society Is this to a pound for it. Yes, yeah, is building society account for the kids um, to put some savings into? They want someone who is either a magistrate, a police officer, your solicitor, or so on. So I just asked the neighbour who's a police officer. But once again, I can just go um, write some random name. Like John Smith and go, John Smith's a police officer. Are you going to check it? No, you're not. But this was a few years ago because you just said no, you this, this, fiat for this the kids. was a year or two ago. So it's oh, still gosh. part of the process. <laughs> this is the beauty of your Bitcoin, right? Great. Get by them a hardware wallet, put your sats on there. No one asked you to ask that your police officer stated, exactly. looking, wanking police officer neighbor. <laughs> To pretend yeah. to have verified your ID? Um, like, the regulations are way behind what's going on in the market is what it comes down to. And I Do you know, know why? Barely any... Why? Because they don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> They're not here to stop fraud, are they? Correct. All this Correct. is fraud. They're here to verify the NPCs and to make sure they know where all the money is. They don't care about fraud. Don't give a shit. They deal with that later. Because <clears throat> where's the majority of the fraud happen? On the NPCs, on the population, right? <laughs> if they cared about this, really, they would properly introduce regulation that stopped this type of thing. And they, they'd create identity documents. They'd, create, they'd have identity apps, right? You know, when I send a payment from my, from my banking app, guess what? You need to have access to my phone to send the thing. Do... Just issue a government ID that isn't a driver license or a passport on a bit of fucking stupid paper, put it on my phone, make me go through really rigorous authentication like my banking app does to make sure once I've gone through that, sending payments is a piece of piss. 
all you do is have a government version of that as an ID, you put it on your phone, and then suddenly, every time I need to log into a thing, verify my identity, my age, my, whatever it might be, it pings my phone, there's been, that app is heavily verified, I say that is me, my title, it gives me a six-digit code on the screen, I take the six-digit code on that screen, and it goes, yep, you're the person. The solution is a piece of piss. It has to be led by government. They have not led it. They have not funded this. Instead, they have left it. They've given some paper documents that have been out for mm -hmm. about 50 years and gone, do your best with that. <laughs> Certify them. And they know <laughs> it. Yeah. It's good at verifying the honest people. So the honest people that want to pay their taxes, which is the majority of people, will use these unique identifiers. They will use their driving license number. They'll use their passport number and they'll type them into all these websites. All these websites then send all the information to the tax office and they can look at the majority of the people of where they're moving their money around. Of yeah. course, they know the fraudsters are going to game the system, but they don't really care about them because most of the fraud they commit, like I said, is against the population, not against the state. They're never going to pay taxes anyway. They're going to leave the country. Da, 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 da. So this has all gone oh, it's a cybersecurity concern. You know, they're bypassing KYC requirements. Oh, no, fraud is happening. The, the, these documents aren't designed to stop fraud. The regulations aren't designed to stop fraud. They're designed to surveil the money and surveil the citizens. And it's working perfectly for that, which is why nothing changes. On that note... <laughs> 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 on that note I will take us out and I will remind everyone sorry that was pod 130 brought to you by Mr Orlin aka the trillion dollar man Dr Evil 10% aka the people's champ myself Sir Nevelop aka the excellence of execution and Mrs No Show aka No Show Peace.